This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 7th of September. In your Squiz today, the missing New South Wales boy is found. Acting on violence against women. Resisting the Taliban. And the holiday blues. This is your Squiz today. It was the good news ending we were all hoping for with three-year-old AJ Elphalak found A-OK three days after he went missing from his family's property in the Hunter region in New South Wales. After a huge effort, Claire, he was spotted from a rescue chopper in a gully 500 metres from his home. And what authorities said yesterday is that they had searched that area several times uh, over the day since Friday and didn't see him down there. But what drew their attention was movement in some water in a gully. Uh, They found when they zeroed in that it was AJ. He was sitting in a puddle. He was having a drink of some muddy water. Uh, When rescuers went down into that gully to pick him up, they said that he smiled when they found him uh, and he was very relieved. And when they got him back up to the ambulance, he scoffed down some pizza. He had a (laughs) banana and had a big cuddle with his mum before he went to hospital. Such good news that he was found. AJ has autism and is nonverbal. He's not known to wander away. His family were fearing that he'd been kidnapped after also noting what they thought was a suspicious white ute in the area. So despite being found, the police investigation will continue. That's right. What Police Superintendent Tracy Chapman said yesterday is that police will now try to piece together what happened over the last three days. Uh, Aside from seizing a white ute on Sunday, uh, Chapman said that CCTV footage from a local service station has also been seized. uh, And also there were some inquiries uh, from another property uh, where locals had reported sounds of a child crying. So they will look into that a bit further. Uh, Also, authorities are aware that the family has said that there is missing CCTV footage from their private feed around the time that AJ disappeared and they'll have a look into that as well. Still a bit to go here with this story. In the meantime, the Elphalak family have thanked the nearly 400 volunteers, police and friends for the huge rescue effort. AJ is expected to return home today after being checked over in the hospital. Day one of the National Women's Safety Summit wrapped up yesterday, Claire. It's a two-day event that brings together experts, advocates, government leaders and those with lived experience to focus on the issue of violence against women. It's a topic that's been in the spotlight a fair bit recently. Yeah, it has. And this summit was put together after former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins went public with the allegation that she was raped in Parliament House. And yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said that he believed there's a culture in Australia that excuses, justifies and ignores uh, violence against women. Uh, He also pointed to that Higgins case saying that women aren't safe anywhere and that Australia as a country needs to take action. 
action against that. The reason that the summit is on is that there's a national plan that looks at these sorts of things and puts together actions that need to be taken over a period of time. The current plan runs out in June 2022. Uh, So what officials are doing is having these consultations so that they can put together the plan that goes up until the 2030s. And what they're hoping to have in that plan is a target of reducing violence against women by 80% by 2031. Advocates are also wanting a commitment of more funding from political leaders. Looking at COVID news now, New South Wales is bracing for the peak of Delta infections to hit in the next week or so. Lots of eyes, Claire, on how the hospital systems will cope with this, especially the demand for intensive care beds. And also lots of questions about if New South Wales has that many cases, around 2,000 a day, what that means for the easing of restrictions once vaccination rates rise. Uh, What New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian said yesterday is that the health system is prepared for a peak of 2,000 cases a day. Uh, They know what that means, she says, when it comes to intensive care patients uh, and also the pressure that it will put on the health system. And she tried to reassure New South Wales residents that the health system can stand that. But of course, there's lots of questions uh, really about what it comes down to at a local level if you are needing care in the state system. This recent modelling was done by the Burnett Institute. Lots of attention on that modelling. The peak for those ICU beds is expected to spike in October. Over to Afghanistan now, and the last pocket of resistance to the Taliban's control is being fought in a region called the Panjir province. It's been held by the NRF, the National Resistance Front of Afghanistan. The leader of the NRF said yesterday, Claire, that they were prepared to hold peace talks with the Taliban, but that comes as the Taliban claims victory in that region. Yeah, there's certainly a bit of argy-bargy, it seems, about who has bragging rights overholding that province. The Taliban yesterday claimed to have control of it, but the NRF says that they are still in control. The NRF is a group that's made up of former Afghan security force members and local militias. Uh, it really does point to Afghanistan now being in quite a different situation to when there was a national government in control, uh, that, of course, until the Taliban's sees the capital of Kabul and the country fell and the US got out last month. It's also being estimated that half the population in Afghanistan currently depends on aid to survive, with one third not knowing where their next meal is coming from. The UN humanitarian chief Martin Griffiths is there at the moment in talks with the Taliban and has said that aid will soon be arriving. Even though holidays are a bit of a distant memory at the moment, the holiday blues is something a lot of people would be familiar with, that feeling that your holiday is nearly over before it's begun. Researchers, Claire, have been taking a look at why. Apparently the reason is that the more you look forward to something, the longer the time seems to drag before the event and then the faster it goes when you get to the event (laughs) itself, which seems really difficult for people who have a nice and pleasant attitude to life (laughs) that really want something to look forward to and then want to enjoy Mm. life. Uh, Maybe we just all need to be a little bit more, you know, cranky and cynical and (laughs) not look forward to anything at all. And, of course, in these really interesting times when if you're in lockdown wondering what your next holiday might look like or even actually getting to a restaurant, um, maybe that's something 
something to control and manage your expectations? Oh, I don't know. I think I'd take the holiday blues. It seems a small price to pay to look forward to something and have it have it actually happen. <laughs> That's true. Someone who's looking forward to retiring, though, and getting out of her chilly working conditions is Linda Christensen over in the US. For the last 50 years, she's been doing butter carvings at the Minnesota State Fair, Claire. They're quite something. She says that you need to use salted butter, that any butter that's unsalted, it gets too gummy and it sticks to her knife. But (laughs) I really love what she does, the work that she puts together. It's quite incredible. Like (laughs) people's faces in these great big mounds of butter, uh, including her job of making one of the the beauty queen, the princess of the fair. Uh, She gets her (laughs) likeness made out of butter as well every year. So it's quite a tribute. I'll pop a link in your episode notes so you can take a look. My highlight was all the previous winners who've kept their butter heads and pull them out to take a look. Years <laughs> on. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on today? Uh, if you can believe it, talking about time and where it goes and time flying when you're having fun. Uh, It's been eight years since the election of the Abbott government, of course, taking out the Rudd-Gillard-Rudd government in an election in 2013. Eight years. Doesn't time fly? For those who have a sport-shaped hole in their life post-Olympics, the Socceroos take on Vietnam in the Asian qualifiers round for the 2022 FIFA World Cup tonight. That's on Channel 10 at 10. PM. That's my recommendation for the day. And that's all from us. Have a good Tuesday and we will be back with you tomorrow.